California has made us a sanctuary abortion state where our taxes will pay for other people from other states to come in. They pay for their childcare, their transportation, their hotel, their abortion, and then on the way home. Welcome to Straight Talk on Life Issues, the podcast. I'm Victor Nieves, joined as always by Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important subject, and that is pregnancy centers value to women. We know that they're an invaluable resource, not only to women and their children, but also to their communities at large. The way that they empower moms and families to choose life is made possible because of dedicated staff who put themselves at risk, as we'll talk about later, the threats and, you know, the bombs and, and things like that that are just hurled at the, the workers of these centers, as well as the centers themselves, is just astronomical. So their volunteering is so valuable, as well as the generous donors who make all of this possible. Well, you're right, Victor. And there is such a stark contrast in what these marvelous pro-life pregnancy centers provide Compared to the abortion industry, listeners are going to hear today a, a litany of incredible resources that they provide not only to women and their babies, but to the fathers of the babies, families, extended families, and the community. So listen up, folks, because you are going to be blown away by all of the services that these centers provide. And as we highlight these services and our guests highlight these services, it'll become more and more apparent as to why there's such hatred and vitriol that is directed at these centers. You know, maybe face value, it doesn't seem to make very much sense. Why would somebody go out of their way, become a felon potentially for the rest of their life by firebombing a pregnancy center? These centers do nothing but help anyone. But once we understand the laundry list of services that they do provide and the way that that is very much putting a dent in Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry's bottom line, because as we know, they like to profit off of abortion, starts to make a lot more sense why there's so much vitriol against these pregnancy centers. And we're going to continue to talk about that with our wonderful guests. First joining us is Moira Gohl. She's an associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, where she works on pregnancy center studies and women's health-related issues. She has a background in pregnancy center work. Moira first developed her passion for outreach and the role of client services director at an early medical pregnancy center in Charlottesville, Virginia, She's also authored publications on a variety of women's and children's health and sanctity of life topics, including having co-authored two in-depth national reports on pro-life pregnancy centers. She's testified before the CDC. She's testified before the American Public Health Association, state legislatures, and school boards. It's safe to say Moira is going to provide us some vital information on this topic. We also have joining us Jeanette Chun. She's been serving as the CEO of Birth Choice Center for 10 years, ensuring that people throughout her community are supported when facing pregnancy, parenting, reproductive health concerns. She's certified with a master diploma in advanced biblical counseling and an emphasis on grief and loss. She's also earned certifications as a mental health coach, a life coach, an executive leadership coach, and an executive leadership coach through the American Academy of Christian Counselors. I want to thank both of you so much for sharing your information and expertise and joining us on this program. Thank you for Great having to be me. with you. Pregnancy centers are the quiet heroes of the pro-life movement. I said that for many years. 
Many of our listeners know little or nothing about the tremendous good they provide to society, to women and men, and the community. And I'm really excited that in a little bit, we're going to hear the latest data on just how valuable these centers are to our communities. But first, Jeanette, tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I run something called Birth Choice Centers, and it's a conglomerate group of centers that we have out here in the Inland Empire um, in Southern California. We have uh, five centers in five different cities. And what we do basically is we help women and men who are faced with an unplanned pregnancy to be able to take the time needed and give the information necessary to figure out what to do with that pregnancy. We also provide an incredible amount of educational resources, parenting programs, grief and loss programs, as well as material assistance until the child is two years old. It's a lot of product that we are able to give to our community and all for no cost to our clients. You go, many centers go well beyond the pregnancy and birth of the child. Can you give me a few brief examples of what you do? Sure, absolutely. Once we um, obviously determine if the parents are going to want to avail themselves of our services, we offer um, through a referral program of a doctor's office in our centers, we have a pregnancy testing and ultrasound. Once they realize that they want to keep their child, we actually offer them nursing advice as well as sign them up for our parenting program or our fatherhood project. So both the mom and the dad um, or grandma and grandpa, depending on who's going to end up raising the child, end up they can get parenting and life skills programs that they're set up with. They also are uh, attached to a mentor at our centers, um, but almost most of the centers that I know of have a mentorship program. So they're not alone in this process. I think that's the greatest thing that we want to provide them is the ability to have somebody else be with them by their side, give them help, give them wisdom. And at the end of their pregnancy, we celebrate them. We give them a layette and we find all of the needs that they have that we can provide for them through our community, through our churches. We have some um, helping programs that we can ask to give diapers, wipes, formula, cribs, car seats, anything that they might need, we can find for them. As well as, like I had mentioned previously, we have a, a material assistance program where monthly they can come to our centers for no cost and we provide them diapers, wipes, formula, clothing. Um, if they need gas cards, we will find them gas cards. Uh, we help them find a doctor that's local that they can trust. We have resources for all of that. So it, it goes far beyond just talking to them about their pregnancy. We actually want to be a resource to give them the hope and the help that they need so they can feel confident carrying on with their pregnancy and their parenting journey. So as a follow-up, unlike Planned Parenthood that aborts their babies and pushes them out, really wanting nothing to do with them unless it's another abortion, of course, you are there to be with these women to help them get back into society with a life choice that they've made, whether it be adoption or, or parenting, but you're there to help them all the way, aren't you? Yes, that's correct. And, and even some of our clients, even though their children turn two years old, we have a two-year-old ending because that's all the space we have to hold everything. And really, they don't need as much as they need before they're two. But they continue on sometimes with life skills programs. Our opponents don't have all of those resources. They have a fiduciary desire to gain monetarily from what their, their client's choices are. We don't. We're here for the client because we want to share the love of the Lord with them. We believe that Jesus is rooting on their side. And so we want to be hands and feet for them, that the Lord would give us the opportunity 
to minister to this life and help bring it out so that it can have a productive place in society. Jeanette, who would you say are the people or perhaps organizations that most value the work that you do at pregnancy centers? I would say churches to a degree. We have very strong ties to our community out in every, most of the communities that we have that we're in. Um, We're very tied to our uh, social services and they actually bring and send us referrals to help the clients that they have. We have adoption agencies, foster care agencies. There's a plethora of people. We've worked really hard so everybody knows who we are and what we can do for them. And um, they're realizing that we're a very strong advocate for the family. And so the social services and community services and other nonprofits, they will uh, work with us in order to help their own clients. So it really impacts the entire community. It really does. Yes. Moira, let's pivot over to you. Why do you think that pregnancy centers are so impactful? Well, besides the wide-ranging services, a multitude of material items and resources, which some of which uh, Jeanette's shared about, um, that they provide to women and families, I would say the reasons are bifold. And some of this is coming from a public health perspective, but the approach they take is holistic. And what I mean by that is they don't take a physical-only approach to pregnancy and health. They care about emotional health, social health, mental health spiritual health, as well as physical health, as well as the life of the child developing inside of her. So they care about the whole person per se. And part of this holistic approach is to actively help women to build a network of support through resources at the pregnancy center, in the community, again, as Jeanette has shared about, and in her life. And centers very much welcome dads and families and ultimately to come around her, come around new moms and dads and support them in their decision to promote family well-being and independence. And you see that holistic approach applied broadly to motherhood, to fertility discussed at the center, and also to youth health with sexual risk avoidance presentations in the community. So I would say that that extends broadly. But then also the second reason they're so impactful, I would say, is because of the excellence and care that they've developed over decades. And that's been through training resources, mentoring and materials from the National Pregnancy Center networks and regional networks. And then also pregnancy centers are a grassroots movement, and they draw upon expertise and dedicated volunteerism at the community level. So leadership at centers assess specific needs in their community and bring in necessary people to provide services to meet those unique needs. And that could mean physicians, nurses, social workers, sonographers, accountants. Um, And one example I would provide Uh, is in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, And speaking with a center director there, Mississippi has some of the lowest breastfeeding rates in the country. And this started a specific support group for moms and addressing awareness perceptions and needed education around breastfeeding and for extended breastfeeding. And what they were able to accomplish was to increase breastfeeding initiation rates with their moms, as well as the attitude to breastfeed beyond six months. And one other example, a quick one I'll mention um, with growing training in centers is that of outreach to victims of human trafficking. Some centers are located 
on major transportation corridors or in high-risk areas where they certainly see numbers of people affected by the atrocity of human trafficking. And centers are receiving in those areas training to provide targeted outreach to them. And when, you know, in centers that we looked at most recently in our national study, we saw 17% of centers we asked this question to are have received actual training and are providing it to um, as needed. Of course, the strength is through the grassroots, as you mentioned. But to say that they have developed into a highly professional network of centers is perhaps an understatement, isn't it? Yes, they have been extraordinarily successful over five decades. Um, They began in response to legalized abortion in this country as communities across the country and states started to see the push for legalized abortion. And, you know, it was not a top-down approach. It was, as Sister Paula Vandegar once said, it was as if God blew a dandelion seeds across the country. (laughs) Uh, And I think it was just a a lovely analogy. And seeds of centers began to, to spring up just with concerned citizens wanting to come along and come alongside and support women and families in need of abortion alternatives in the country. So to answer your question, it's it's really an amazing movement, and it's a story of of Americans who who care, who deeply cared, and who have enormously volunteered in this effort. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who have a a longer lifespan with the uh, movement, you could say have witnessed this marvelous evolution of the centers. I, it's just it's just so delightful to look back on what they were and what they are now. Moira, how would you describe the difference in the average experience that a woman has in a pro-life pregnancy center versus Planned Parenthood? Well, I think I would start by saying on the pregnancy center side, there's no greater indicator of how women are treated at pregnancy centers than their own self-reported experiences. Pregnancy centers ask women and men oftentimes to complete an exit survey, and they do this to track client satisfaction rates and experiences. And I will just mention that our results, our national study results from 2022 show that 97.4% of people served at pregnancy centers report a positive experience and that they were satisfied with the services received. So the consistently high client satisfaction is not new. This is a statistic that the Pregnancy Center has witnessed for years. CareNet National Network has been tracking it for at least 15 years, and it's always seen upwards in the high 90%. So it's, it's a phenomenally high indicator of how women are treated and about their experience at centers. They encounter respect and love, as well as excellence and care. You know, in contrast, and I think that, again, Jeanette hit upon this a bit, In contrast to pregnancy centers, Planned Parenthood promotes a culture of isolation. As she said, you have to keep in mind that Planned Parenthood is the largest provider of abortions in the United States and that they hugely benefit financially from the sale of abortions. But in terms of this culture of isolation, I would say one such example where you more start than anywhere else currently is the sending of women home to complete a chemical abortion in their own home alone and without medical oversight. 
Uh, and they're also left with a memory of conducting an abortion there in their home. So unlike pregnancy centers, they're not geared towards providing a network of support and care for new moms and dads through services like parenting education, life skills, um, and the many maternal and child health services available at centers. If a woman experiences emotional trauma following an abortion, Planned Parenthood's doors are not open for her to go back and receive support. I would say in contrast to that, pregnancy center doors are always open for, for everyone. Well, for those listeners who are not aware, Charlotte Lozier Institute Heartbeat International and CareNet have teamed up to provide amazing statistics to monitor how well the Pro-Life Pregnancy Center Network is doing from year to year. And Moira, what I'd like to ask you, what are some of the key findings that you can share with us from your fresh new result? Sure. Very exciting to share some with you. <laughs> so um, the first thing I'll share about in 2022, we studied a new metric at pregnancy centers, total client visits, both in-person and virtually. And what we found was that in 2022, at 2,750 pregnancy centers, U.S. pregnancy centers, there were more than 16 million client visits. That's a lot of people. It's exciting to be able to, to now um, to measure and to share about this new statistic because it, 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 it certainly speaks to impact. Also, um, we also found that all center services and material resource items provided in 2022 have a total estimated value of over $358 million, which is enormous. And these are almost all free services and free material items. And to compare that to the last time we measured this figure, it was $266 million in 2019. So that's almost $100 million more. There have been huge increases in free material resource items distributed through centers, diapers, over 3.5 million packs, wipes, new car seats, containers of baby formula. Uh, I'll share that there were over 300,000 new containers of baby formula uh, distributed in 2022, which is significant given that there was a, a national shortage during that time. Clothing, new cribs and strollers, over half a million free ultrasounds. And we see that over eight in 10 pregnancy centers are, are providing free ultrasounds to women. And that includes at almost 200 medical mobile units. We count those as pregnancy center locations in our study. 408,000 moms and dads participated in parenting classes. Almost 20,000 women and men received after abortion support. And over 100,000 women and men received sexually transmitted infection testing. And a couple of things I'll just highlight for you also, Brad, are that we saw significant increases from 2019 in paid staff at centers and also in paid medical staff. That's significant. Um, in terms of staff and volunteers, there are still over 10,000 licensed medical professionals at pregnancy centers across the country, which is, is huge. That's amazing. You know, we see the vast majority of centers are providing the critical parenting and prenatal education, material resource items, and after abortion support. But we're also seeing significant increases in centers, which are providing uh, sexually transmitted infection testing. Uh, and treatment. Those numbers have increased. Lactation and breastfeeding uh, consults, we've seen a, uh, quite an increase 
from 2019 when the last time this was um, measured. And again, this is just a, a huge maternal and child health uh, health intervention. Also, fertility awareness-based methods is being offered an increasing number of centers. And lastly, um, the outreach to victims of human trafficking, which I spoke about earlier, that's also uh, trained outreach to victims is also increasing. These are just a few of the highlights and there are many more. (laughs) Now, I want to break just for a minute before I ask you any more questions to remind our listeners that the width and breadth of what Moya just shared, and that's not all encompassing of what these pregnancy centers do. This is offered free to women and men. Now, what I'd I'd like a lot of people to do is call their local Planned Parenthood and say if they offer any of these resources and if they offer them free of charge. And of course, the answer is going to be no on both counts. So I just want to underscore what she has just told us, that this is an absolutely amazing resource for women and men and the community at large. Um, they are to be congratulated for a job well done. Yeah, it's it's truly incredible, uh, Moira, hearing just the highlights is, is so exciting. I wanted to ask, how have pregnancy centers helped specifically as it pertains to abortion pill reversal? Would you have any recent numbers you could share with us there? Yes, we did look at that. In terms of the number of centers which are participating. And, you know, just for everyone's knowledge, Abortion Pill Rescue Network is housed within Heartbeat International, and they just do an excellent job of uh, overseeing this uh, phenomenal uh, abortion pill reversal provision in the country, getting women connected who regret having initiated a chemical abortion with mifepristone. We are seeing that the number of pregnancy centers involved with being connected to the network and actively providing support to women through abortion pill reversal has doubled from 2019 when we first looked at, uh, asked this question, 11% of centers, and that has risen to 27% of centers that we studied uh, in 2022. We see that only increasing You know, in 2019, we reported that over a thousand babies had been saved from their mothers going through this life-saving intervention. And in 2022, that number has risen to over 4,000 children have been saved, which it's just um, phenomenal. So we know that also the Abortion Pill Rescue Network is tracking now 150 women per month starting this process. And it's, you know, just, I I have to underscore how significant this intervention is given that we know that chemical abortions have now exceeded surgical abortions in the country as the majority. And we're going to just see that number explode, I think, in the future as far as number of babies saved with abortion pill reversal. And that is why we have seen the other side fight so hard against uh, getting this information to women. Uh, Jeanette, you've been very patiently waiting there as we've had this uh, discussion about centers. I'd like to ask you, obviously you're aware that pregnancy centers have been under attack by pro-abortion forces. Most recently, something I read about in Massachusetts, we've seen it, of course, in in New York, New Jersey was mentioned. What do you think their motive is for attacking the centers? Well, I live here in California, which is one of the heaviest states that attack their centers and usually the first one in the pike where they bring most of their legislation to try to 
stifle our efforts. I really think that in the end, the um, pro-abortion lobby runs and rules as well as the teachers unions, most of what is going on behind this legislation. They want their own ideologies spread and they don't want anybody to be able to have options. They really do not want somebody being told that there can be hope and help. They only want what they want, which is a very um, homogenistic approach to parenting. Unfortunately, I don't know how controversial this will be, but there is a eugenics bent behind this. They do want population decrease. They don't want people being encouraged to have children. And there is a very global mindset that goes with that. And a lot of people do not understand that. They think it's just a choice that a woman has been given when really what they're asking the legislators to do is to enact laws that would prevent women from having successful pregnancies. They really do not want this to move forward. I mean, even talking at the point of abortion pill reversal, we just started it eight weeks ago. Out of 10 women, we actually have there about 11. We just had our 11th woman this weekend. And out of the 11 women that we've served in the last eight weeks, eight babies have been saved. So they do not want this to happen. It's so <laughs> phenomenal. It's the most powerful thing you can imagine is helping a woman who all of a sudden realizes this is not the journey she wants to take with her life and being able to provide life-saving resources for her. They want abortion pill reversal shut down, as we can see in, in the news as well. They do not want it to happen to where we have success, that we are able to help our constituents. They want the government to be the answer in all things. And they do not want anybody else to be able to minister any type of truth or even any type of Christ-like truth to the women. They want the government to be the answer. Well, Planned Parenthood has stated that these pro-life pregnancy centers use deceptive practices. They said some pretty cruel things about you guys in the centers. Now, for example, and I quote, they use scare tactics, visuals, and unsolicited ultrasound exams to intimidate and shame women seeking safe and legal abortion. So, Jeanette, my question to you, is this true? Are you guys the meanies that Planned Parenthood make you out to be? I find it actually quite funny how they word these things. It's an unsolicited ultrasound. <laughs> if anybody understands how any type of medical process or procedure works, everything is through um, asking the client if they would like this service and the client signing on. Yes, I would like the service. The hard part is, is they make us out to look like a woman comes into our place pregnant and we put her in a brainwashing room and we either tape her to the, the chair for nine months. So she's forced to have a pregnancy <laughs> or we somehow are in the in about 30 minutes are able to make her mind so confused that she carries the pregnancy for nine months. So all of these are just very huge scare tactics when really what happens is women get to talk to another woman about the fear that they have and they're attached to their hearts and then their hearts get attached to their children and they realize that they're mothers and the mother's heart inside of them wants to reach out and care for their child. And that yeah. is just not a, a story that they want told. They don't, they want it told that women are independent and we have this feminist bent to us that we can do all things at all times, but a child really is something that bars them from being able to produce the corporate identity that they would like to produce and getting higher in the man's world, right? So all of these things, when they walk into our centers, the opposite is actually true. Anytime they say something, you can almost guarantee the opposite is absolutely true. In our centers, I can only speak for mine. We actually have a statement of facts that says anytime you you want to walk out of the center and you feel uncomfortable, no questions asked. We have open doors everywhere. They could just walk right out. 
we're here to help. And from the moment they talk to any of the people that are there at any of the centers that they go to, help is the only thing that we offer. And so it's, it's a travesty for them to create such scare tactics and to lie so vehemently against something that we out of our own hearts are trying to offer to care for women. And with a 90 plus percentage of good reporting, good yes. reviews, I don't think that any woman is having her arm twisted to continue her pregnancy there. No, um, they really are not. Jeanette, just a couple words. What is at the core and center of Planned Parenthood's reason for attacking pregnancy centers? Money. Pure Money is at the core. Yeah. I could do it and in one word. <laughs> and you did. I often say if we could take the money out of abortion, abortion would go away overnight. That's true. And now, even in here in California, they're putting uh, healthcare centers inside of schools now. And that's how they're getting abortion services even further. They're propagating abortion services inside the schools as well as transgender services. So they're they're linking the two together because they're women taking the abortion pill at home. They're not as having as many abortions inside the office. And so there are centers that have uh, abortion centers that have closed down. But at the same time, they still need to propagate a, a monetary income. And so they work with the teachers unions to be able to help uh, produce that monetary income from students who are inside of schools. And in California now at 12 years old and up, you're allowed to uh, assign your own medical services and the parents are no longer allowed to say anything about it. They have to pay for it. They're just not allowed to say anything about That's it. That's correct. Yeah. Now, this was my next question that you've already answered. Part of it is what's happening. What are you facing and, and the challenges in California, the land of fruits and nuts? <laughs> it's, it's still it's still appropriate, isn't it? It is still uh, appropriate. And then there's some of us who we look around and we go, wait, how are we so normal in this state? Right. Um, there's a well, lot. You, before <laughs> before the program began, you mentioned something in San Diego. County That's correct. That I want to make sure our listeners hear about in addition to what you have to say. Yeah. So I would give a little bit of background first. There was a law called AB 775 that California brought in and they started to spread it to Illinois, Hawaii, uh, Michigan. There's a couple other states that took it on. And basically what it was is to be able to limit our marketing potential and to give a state sponsored speech. Basically, we have to speak the words of um, in our centers where an abortion is in every single language in our county in 22 point font. And that was the law. Well, obviously any marketing material even includes a, uh, a business card, which is completely impossible. And they knew that. So this is totally unconstitutional. So it ended up in the Supreme Court and did get overturned. Um, in fact, uh, in California got overturned with my uh, partner of mine. He took it to court with his mobile unit. We now have that mobile unit, but it got overturned in California as well with that specific mobile unit ministry. So now, instead of having to relitigate that, they're asking the um, county supervisors in uh, San Diego to outright outlaw all of the pregnancy centers in the county of San Diego, which constitutes 16 of them, because they're saying they are using deceptive practices in their marketing schemes. So they're also define saying that. De define, define that. So the way that we're advertising ourselves is not true reproductive health care because we don't provide contraceptive and abortion services. So they only define reproductive health care if you are an abortion service provider. You cannot call yourself true reproductive health care without those services. Well, we say we have reproductive services, meaning help and assistance, because not only do a lot of us do APR, but we provide 
a lot of training for pregnancy care. We provide reproductive services and the fact that we do, we help them figure out if they're pregnant. We just don't end their pregnancies, but we do everything else besides end their pregnancies. So true reproductive care is where you get to make the option on if you want to have a child, you then get to have now reproductive care where we help you find doctors. We help you find services. We give you a plethora of information that's going to allow you to take even classes for, for your pregnancy and what to expect when you're inspecting. So I don't think you could go to any OBGYN that delivers babies and say, you don't provide reproductive care. I don't think you can do that. That's an impossibility because he does. So they're trying to create the word reproductive care to equal abortion. And that's going to be the fight now. And so they couldn't, they're trying to relitigate AB 775 through all the laws. California just passed 15 abortion, uh, positive abortion laws. So that there's um, nobody can say that they can't have abortions. California has made a us a sanctuary abortion state where our taxes will pay for other people from other states to come in. They pay for their childcare, their transportation, their hotel, their abortion, and then on the way home and all of the food in between that they have to eat while they're here. So that's paid by, by taxpayer dollars. So we are an abortion industry mill here in California. It is a bizarre circumstance to where the state does not want us to exist because they want more and more and more abortions in California. They actually have a panel that the governor Newsom has put into place to see how other areas can be found to promote more abortion. That's and correct. As they're doing that, the one step that they want to take next is silencing all of you yeah. who provide true choice to women regarding reproductive care. Yes. They're also putting up billboards in other states that have Bible verses on them that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you loved your neighbor, you would help your neighbor get an abortion. So they're wow. blasphemous as well. Expanding a little bit on this topic, how has your pregnancy center specifically been attacked since going back to the demise of Roe? We are in Riverside County. And those of us who are in California know Riverside County is a very protected space. I've become friendly with my sheriff, with our DA. We are very integrated in our community. So people have tried to attack us, but their community just surrounds and protects us. We actually had somebody, a, a group that tried to march on our center. And when it got out into the community, instead, everybody went and protested the march that they were going to start. They never even got past the place where they were going to march because they just didn't want that to happen. And we had a huge prayer community. In fact, the night Roe v. Wade was overturned, we had a bomb threat. And, um, so we went that night and just prayed over our centers and we had a large contingent of people, um, almost a hundred people showed up just to pray over our centers. And thankfully we have not had a very serious issue other than threats. So I'm thankful for that because other centers have been a firebomb. They've been burned down. A lot of damage has been done to them. Um, if anything, we just get really mean emails every once in a while, we get something that's very untrue in our, in our comments, you know, so, you know, this place hates women and they don't help them uh, really at, at this point, I praise God for it. And I pray it continues. We have been very protected, you know, and that's why this report be that we're touting to in today's program is so vitally important as communities learn about this information and just what the local pregnancy centers are doing for their communities, saving them precious tax dollars, they hopefully will step up to the plate and defend them just as they were for your center also. 
What are some of the projects or incentives, Jeanette, that you're especially excited about? Well, we just completed our APR project. And so now we're moving on. We're relaunching our mobile unit soon. um, And that's been down for a little while. And so we're relaunching that. We're very excited about that. But we have... I'll just say it. You know what? The Lord is with us. He'll, he'll, he'll let it go forth. We're actually getting, uh, somebody gave us a house to start maternity homes with. Ooh. And so I'm very, very excited about that because it is the next step for us to be able to provide even more services for our families. We have maternity homes that are out here, but most of them end up filled or just the way that they operate, we aren't able to get them in in enough time. And so they have a lot of regulations, I would say, that maybe don't fit some of our clients. So we are excited because this person told us possibly if we are successful with this one house that they've allowed us to use, they might get us, help us to get another house. And so that's our next journey. Uh, We're so excited about it. I can't even tell you we're just beaming with excitement because we just feel like that's what California needs right now is more homes for women to go to because the cost of living is so high here. It's impossible sometimes for them to be able to think about keeping their children because they don't have interim living place while they're pregnant because they may not be able to work full time all the time. Yeah. Giving a home to a mission-oriented charity like yours is a big deal in California yes. because they could sell that real estate and sell it for big bucks, but instead they understand the value of what you're providing to not just women and babies, but the community. That's and so right. that, that, that's a huge statement that these donors are making. Yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you both this question. How can we educate people, more people, about the value of pregnancy centers. Jeanette, let's go with you first. I think that even doing what we're doing now, having more people allow this conversation to take place on their podcasts, on their YouTubes, all of the social media outlets is where people find almost all of their information now. I will say personally for us, we actually ordered a lot of the Charlotte Lozier Institute reports and we bound them ourselves and our major donors and some of our doctors and our corporate business people, we gave them to them to use them as a, almost like a tabletop discussion piece or something that they could put in their office so that their, um, their clients can see it and their patients can see it. That actually has brought out a lot of discussion because the resources that are in there are invaluable. It just tells every wonderful possible thing that could be told about what we do. But really in the end, marketing is such an expensive tool that most of us cannot rise to the level of marketing that's needed. So having outlets such as yours, be able to share with the public what it is we do and how we do it. That's invaluable. Moira. Yeah. uh, I would just add, you know, the, the marketing telling the story is so important. We have created some infographics each time we do a national study and we'll be doing that again this year for Hope for a New Generation, the name of our national study. And um, we share those with state coalition leaders, state pregnancy center coalition leaders, as well as the national networks. And we try to get those out on social media. The stories of women and men who have been served by pregnancy centers, getting their stories shared through media and more publicly is dramatically important so they can share about the impact in their own lives. Um, So those are two things um, to promote 
promote. You know, I think also in schools where sexual risk avoidance education is being presented by centers, that's also been another great outlet. And the more that that is presented and youth become aware of centers earlier uh, and aware of involvement, ways they can be involved. We certainly see some youth becoming involved early volunteering at centers. So any way to amplify those efforts, but fighting against these false attacks is hugely important. And I think it would be remiss if I didn't add on to the last question that um, another part of the excellence and care of pregnancy centers are their high standards. And these high standards are a centerpiece of what they do. Our commitment of care and competence is a national ethical code, which all centers, which are affiliated with any three of the largest national networks, CareNet, Heartbeat International, and NIFLA, National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, which they sign on to. And, you know, this code provides for that all medical services be under the supervision and direction of a licensed physician in accordance with applicable medical standards. And also it addresses truthfulness in all communications, client confidentiality, rigor in screening volunteers and staff, non-discrimination, and scientific and medical accuracy, as well as a whole host of other things. And so if a center was not abiding by these ethical code, their national network would hear quite quickly and and things would be addressed. But we also see that even if centers are not affiliated with the big three national networks, that this is centers abide by these principles in spirit. And they are quickly identified by others nearby if they're not. So this notion of the the co-option of the word, the phrase reproductive health is nothing new. Being used as a way to attack pregnancy centers is a new avenue. Again, it's co-opted. Many of us would argue that pregnancy centers provide true reproductive health, and you would have a large percentage of the medical community, which states that abortion is certainly not healthcare uh, or medical care. So it's obviously a new avenue that the other side is trying. I doubt they will get very far. Most of their other attacks have not. So we will support the the pregnancy centers in any way we can with this new report with data to advocate and defend centers for what it is exactly that they do do and the amazing work that they provide the services and care Um, and have done for over five decades now in this country. Right. You are well said. Is there anything that either of you would like to add that we haven't covered? I know we've covered a lot of ground, so I'm not necessarily expecting you have something you want to add, but now's the time if you do. I would like to add that if you are a person that does not know where your local pregnancy center is, go find out. And find out how you could even do something as small. And it's actually not really small for us, but there doesn't always need to be where you volunteer or you have to give financially. We need your prayers and we need, and you should know where your local pregnancy center is so that you can be praying over them. There's a lot of things that go on and it's a very taxing position to be in. And most of the people are volunteers. And if they aren't volunteers, this is not a money-making job for them. And they bring (laughs) home some of the pain that they see. 
it is vital to be able to know what your local pregnancy center is doing. I, I love what Mara was saying about being in a sex trafficking corridor. We are, and we deal with that constantly. And we've had to have women rescued by some missions that are near us. I'm going to be very careful what I say, but we, we actually have had to help women through that. And there that's very real. That's taxing. So if you can find your local pregnancy center and you can start putting them on a prayer team list, we need the prayer and we need the help and the, um, the hope of even encouraging words. Thank you for what you're doing. You, I appreciate your work just so that people know there's somebody out there that cares. They're making a difference. Thank you. Myra, did you have anything to add? Uh, the only last thing I think I'd add is that, you know, pregnancy centers are not islands unto themselves in the community. And Jeanette touched upon this in different ways. They are trusted um, foundational members of the care safety net in communities. And again, uh, have been, they've built this up. They've built this trust up. And when we're, we are seeing more and more of the medical community, and this is something we've studied, who are referring to pregnancy centers. So I just want to concur with Jeanette's idea to continue to alert and educate medical providers about pregnancy centers so that they can refer. And this is not just OBGYNs. This is, you know, across the board, uh, primary care providers, primary care doctors, all sorts of um, the medical community just to share with them about the existence of centers, what they do, getting that information into their hands. And I think that trust and that partnership with community resource and service providers will only grow. And so do not be fooled into that attack either, that centers are somehow by themselves in the community providing. They are not, they are trusted, valued partners, and again, have been for decades. Yes, they have. Okay. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for um, this past hour or so that you have shared such vital information with us and uh, equipped us to be a mouthpiece for the centers. It's something that we do gladly on this end. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Well, Brad, I'm sure that you feel the same way that I do, that today's conversation was extremely valuable and very eye-opening to just hear the most up-to-date numbers on exactly how big of a difference these pro-life pregnancy centers are making, hearing about spending over $350 million providing women with mostly free resources. They've had 16 million people that have visited these centers, the difference that they're making is just astronomical. And I, for one, am so appreciative of what they're doing. Well, you just stole all of my thunder, Victor. I was <laughs> going to share those those numbers, and I'm really glad you did because I told listeners they'd be blown away by what they've heard. And I think they were. And I don't think that was a... Uh, a false statement. It was true that they provide so much information and we have to get the word out there. You know, the these centers, right in these centers, I've often said, is where the rubber meets the road in saving lives. They often volunteers are meeting with women and they have precious few minutes to turn a woman's heart from wanting an abortion, insisting on abortion in many cases, 
to one of choosing life. That's not an easy thing to do, but they're doing it. And boy, are they doing it with excellence. I really get excited about all of the things that this uh, service area of the movement, as we call them, are doing today. And they just they just seem to continue to do better and better. With every year, they're saving more lives, and it's just a wonderful thing to see. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to go to our website, lifeissues.org, where they'll find free information, resources from today's broadcast, including Hope for a New Generation, Charlotte Lozier Institute's most recent data set, including all of the different numbers, uh, some of them that we've heard today about the difference that these pro-life pregnancy centers are making. And you can share that information with your friends and your family because it makes such an impact on the people who are informed of how big of a difference these pregnancy centers are actually making. And while you're there, I want to encourage you to join the Life Defenders today. Become a daily part of our work to save babies and promote a culture of life across America that's so vitally important. Giving monthly in any amount is a tremendous commitment to the pro-life movement. We can't all work at pro-life pregnancy help centers, but what we can do is support vital pro-life education through a monthly donation. Your monthly giving helps us reach more persuadable people with a pro-life message and share information like we've shared today. Monthly giving enables the very creation of this program. Help us do more for the babies by becoming a life defender today. You can easily sign up on our website, lifeissues.org. And if you join the Life Defenders before the new year, all new or increased monthly donations will be matched through 2024. As always, we appreciate you listening so very much and encourage you to tune in next week for more Straight Talk on Life Issues.